So um, I just want just to share some thoughts with you this morning, just to just to really um, um, encourage you, really. Um, and, and kind of what I'm going to share, really, it's just kind of what myself and Wendy just, just seeing in, in our spirit, really. Um, just kind of for where we are right now um, as a church uh, congregation. Um, this is not uh, kind of a vision message as such. You know, vision Sunday is still in, in January. We do Vision Sunday each January, so it still will be. But, but it is kind of just talking about where we are now and, um, and what, God wants to, what we believe that God wants to do uh, next. So I just want just to share some thoughts from that. And, and often this is a real... Between, this is true for a lot of churches, actually, say the same thing. Between September and December is a real time of growth. Yeah. Summer is always an interesting time. Lots of people are away, and there's all good reasons for that, and that's absolutely fine. Obviously, being on holiday or whatever you're doing, that's great. Um, but because summer is just kind of is what summer is, um, then often there's a real time of growth between September and December. And that's what we really believe in God, uh, God for, for real you know, growth in numbers, growth in visitors, and, and growth in people's lives. Amen, which obviously is just as important. Amen. So hopefully you'll believe with us for that. Amen. And, and next week we're going to be starting a, a brand new series. It's going to be a big, big series um, across Family Church. We'll be starting next week. So that's going to be awesome. So make sure we're here next Sunday. So we'll be kind of introing, introing that. And it's going to be, um, it's going to go on for uh, a couple of months. Well, longer than that probably. So it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So we're just sharing that right across Family Church. So that starts next, next Sunday. So don't, don't miss out. Make sure you're here next week. Praise God. So I just want to just, just, just share some thoughts, really. And I want to talk from the book of uh, Joshua. Um, Joshua's one of my favorite books of the, of the Bible, anyway. I know you're not really supposed to have favorites, but <laughs> there's lots of different scripts. I say they're my favorite scriptures, so they really are my favorites. <laughs> I've got lots. Anyway, um, but, but I, love, I love the book of Joshua, and I love the, I love the way the book of Joshua is just so, um, just, just so encouraging. And of course, there's lots of spiritual meaning behind the book of Joshua, and I've talked about this before. It isn't what, going to be my message today, but you know the significance of Joshua and and what the, what that spiritually was foreseeing that was going to be fulfilled in Jesus. You know, if you know your Hebrew, you'll know that Jesus and Joshua are the same name in Hebrew. They're only different in English. That's only because they kind of got made into Greek names and then translated into English. So in, in Hebrew, Yeshua is Joshua and Jesus. Okay, they are the same name. It's only in English they're different. Okay, or maybe some other languages are different. But in Hebrew, the original Hebrew, Jesus and Yeshua, which means the Lord saves, they, they are the same name. It means Jehovah saves or Yahweh saves. Um, is what, what the name means. You know the spiritual significance about that. Joshua ends up leading the Israelites into the promised land. And, and, and Moses, who, Moses, who represented the law, didn't lead them into the promised land. And all of that kind of the spiritual significance of that which is, is, is amazing. And that could be a whole message or series of messages in itself, you know, how law could never take them into the promised land. It had to be, it had to be Yeshua, it had to be grace. It had to be grace that took them into the promised land. And that's the reality of Christianity, isn't it? And the whole purpose of the law was always to point towards Jesus. That's the whole purpose of all the Old Testament stuff. And sometimes you can read some of the kind of sacrificial systems and they had to kind of, what's, what's all this about? <laughs> God, why were they doing this? Or why did you ask them to do it? Because they were doing what God asked them to do in the Old Testament as, as Israelites. But remember, it's all to point towards Jesus, that one time for all sacrifice that, that was needed. So there's loads of significance in that Joshua leads the Israelites into the promised land. And Moses, who represented the law, he, he couldn't lead them in. It was not God's purpose for him to lead them in. It was, it was his purpose for Joshua, Yeshua, to lead them into the promised land. Amen. So that's amazing in itself. But what I want to do is just, is just draw some other kind of thoughts um, out of it. So I'm going to read from Joshua chapter 1. So the context of all this... Um, is this, of course, when the Israelites have had their 400 years of, of slavery. Joseph and his brothers, you know, I'm sure you all know the story, Joseph and his brothers, um, or Joseph goes to Egypt first, and his brothers and, and his dad, um, uh, Jacob, come later. 
Um, and the Israelites become numerous over the years and kind of populate, kind of, uh, populate um, Egypt and, and end up, there's so many of them that the Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, and that was kind of like the greatest empire in the world at that time. Um, he becomes very, very nervous of how many Jewish people there are. He's worried about getting overthrown. Um, he, he doesn't like the fact that they kind of worship a god and not him. And has kind of, kind of all these insecurities about it. So he ends up putting the Israelites into slavery and they end up having 400, uh, 400 years um, of slavery. And I'm sure you know the account of what God does miraculously uh, using Moses um, to bring them out, out, out of slavery. And there's the 10 plagues of Egypt and all the miraculous stuff that God does and takes the Israelites through the Red Sea. So they kind of got up to this, up to this point. Some of them are a bit disobedient. And, and as I'm sure you know the story of the 12 spies. And, and, and Moses appoints 12 leaders, and actually says they're leaders, they're not just 12 like random people, 12 leaders, and they says go and spy out the land, and 10 of them come back and say, well, there's no way we can do this. <laughs> the giants are too big, the cities are too fortified, why has God brought us out of Egypt? And there's two, which is, which is Joshua and, and his mate Caleb, who the Bible describes as men of a different spirit. They have a totally different attitude. They're like, hang on a minute, this is, this is, this is, this is the promised land. This goes right back to Abraham. This is the very promise that God gave, God gave Abraham and called him out of, of the land that Abraham was in at the time. Um, this, is, this is now going to be fulfilled you know, with us. So they were completely men of a different spirit. It's just the generation that were disobedient, they kind of all pass away. And they have another 40 years kind of wandering randomly in the desert um, and then get to, and get to this point. This is, so this is kind of quick, bringing you up to speed <laughs> with, with Genesis and Exodus. So here we are, Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. So there's all the stuff that's happened. So I'm just going to read the first 11 verses and then just bring some stuff out of it. So I believe there's loads of lessons for us as a church, and particularly where we are right now, and kind of what myself and Wendy are seeing in our spirit of what God wants to do, wants to do next. So just be encouraged this morning. So Joshua 1 verse 1 to 11 says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, who was Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every, every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right to the left. You may, you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Verse 10. So Josh, Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. What a, what, a, what a great passage of scripture that is, where God is basically just encouraging Joshua. And all that Joshua believed him for, and as I said, he was one of, those, one of the 12 spies, it was Joshua and Caleb, the only ones who came back with a good report that trusted God in it all. And, and, and God's plan was for Joshua to take the Israelites into the promised land. And I believe there's a number of lessons we can learn from this as a church. Now, we're not Israelites this morning. We're not, we're not, we don't need to cross any Jordan, Jordan rivers. We don't need to cross 
I don't know, Beauty River or Limington River <laughs> into, into the promised land. We don't need to do any of those things. Okay. So this is not what's physically happening, but this is spiritually, I believe, there's significance in all this. Amen. This is kind of what myself and Wendy is really seeing our spirit for where we are as, as a church. And I'm, kind of, I'm basically just going to work my way through this, but I've got five points, and that's not very spiritual. We normally have three. three. Three is a spiritual number. I know. Three or seven or 12. They're very spiritual numbers, aren't they? Five, not so spiritual. But anyway, I've got five, five short points this morning. So number one is, number one, if you're making notes, is understand the time that we're in. Understand the time that we're in. If you remember right back at the beginning of the year, we talked, we talked for a number of weeks about Kairos. Remember, that was what came out of Vision Sunday, right back at the end of, end of January. It's been a long time, long time ago now. We talked about Kairos, talked about a number of weeks. Uh, talked about that for a number of weeks, about God's appointed time. And understanding the times that we're in, understanding the, the times that we're in, you know, as a planet, as, as, a, as, as the earth. What times that we're in. We're in the end times and all that's kind of going on in our world is to trust God in it all. God, God knows what he's doing. But there's, there's kind of a load of crazy stuff going on in our world. But understanding the times that we're in. Man, or Kairos. And this is really, really important for the Israelites here, and I believe this is really important for us as people of God. So Joshua 1, verses 1 and 2. After death of Moses, it should all be on screen, there you go. After death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. So it was really important for the Israelites to understand the time that they were in. Now, when it has this, uh, so, so God makes this statement about Moses, my servant is dead. And, and what's interesting about that is, of course, Joshua knew that Moses was dead. It wasn't like this is like some, some oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that happened. Of course, of course, he understood that. And of course, the people of God, they, they, they were fully aware of that. But I heard one preacher say about this once, and it just kind of spoke to me. I thought it was a good way of putting it. He said, when, when he talks about Moses, my servant is dead, he's, he's not giving them information. He's giving them revelation. That's, that's what's happening here. This is a revelation here because the Joshua himself and the Israelites, they need to understand the time they're in. Moses had a very specific purpose and plan, which was to bring them out, 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 of, um, out of slavery and, and, and through the wilderness. But now was the time for, for, for Joshua to lead them into the promised land. Amen? So it's really important for them to understand the time they're in. This was, it was not information, this was revelation. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. So that kind of it's not... Glorying in the fact that Moses is dead, and that's, that was sad, for the, very sad for the Israelites. I mean, someone they'd followed for a long time. But what it was saying is, but, this, but now that period is over. Now, now we're going forward in, in God, into what we've got next. Now you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into land I'm about to give them. So, of course, it's followed, as I said earlier, 400 years of slavery, many years in the wilderness. But that era was now over. And that meant they needed a change in mentality. They had a, a little bit of a backs, backs against the wall mentality through the wilderness. There had been a lot of complaining and moaning. I'm sure you, you read the book of Exodus, which kind of talks about that. And there are times they get to such a point where they're like, oh, I wish we were back in Egypt. This is so terrible. This wilderness is awful. Although God was miraculously providing them, wasn't he? With, with manna, with bread, and with, and with quail. Just appeared out of the sky every day. <laughs> that, that kind of wasn't enough for them. <laughs> and, and some of them were complaining. Oh, we, had, we had leeks back in Egypt, and it was, it was amazing. Um, we had all this great stuff to eat. The leeks does not sound great to me at all. It's, like, it's bo- boring food. It's like celery, like celery isn't it? Well, that's, not, that's not a food. It's just crunchy water. Anyway. 
Anyway, <laughs> so if you love those foods, that's great. Anyway, <laughs> just just my opinion. Anyway, but but it's just interesting, isn't it? They they, had, they were, God was providing for them just this great food every every day, miraculously, and then they started complaining and um, oh, if only we we're back in Egypt, it was so wonderful. It was horrendous. Pharaoh treated them like like worse than worse than dogs. It was it was awful. And every every time they every time they kind of cried out for mercy, he intentionally made it even harder. If you read the whole story of Exodus, he he said, right now they would make bricks for him. And this is how a lot of the great Egyptian cities, you know, of course, like Cairo, or historic Cairo and the pyramids and all this stuff, this is how it was all built, was, was, was with slaves, Israelite slaves. And, and then, then Pharaoh, just because they, they kept whinging, Pharaoh's like, I'm going to make it harder. Now they've got to make bricks, but I'm not even going to give them straw to make bricks. They're like, well, how are we going to do that? And it was like, well, you've got to do it. And then they you know, kind of whipped them into shape. And they somehow, uh, you know, have to increase their quota of bricks, even though they weren't allowed to use, use straw. It was awful. But it's funny, isn't it, how people can have a strange mentality looking back. But anyway, I'm saying that to say they, that period was over. They were now about to go into the promised land, so a change in mentality was needed. They need to understand that that period of Moses is now over. It was no longer a time of escaping and kind of fleeing the past, but it, this was now going to be a time of victory and taking new ground for God. A whole different change in mentality was needed. Amen? And I believe for us, as, as a church, I believe this is, this is where we are right now. This is what myself and Wendy are seeing in our spirits. So I'm just sharing it with you. Okay? <laughs> and just to understand the time that we're in. That I believe that we're coming into a real kind of just time of victory and taking new ground in God. The time that, and, and, and what's, what's gone is gone. And nothing's been bad in any sense at all. Okay? And we should always celebrate what God's done in the past, but we should always be looking forward, amen, and never stuck, stuck in our past. Even if our past has been great, we should never be stuck in it, because that will hold us back from what God wants to take us into. Let's all be a people that understand the time that we're in, amen. And God is wanting us to move forward. God is wanting us to move forward in, in, in him into all that he has for us. So let's understand that time that, that we're in, which I believe is, is really where we are right now as, as Family Church Waterside, amen. So that's point number one. Number two, God has a promised land for us. This is point number two. Joshua 1, verse 3 to 5 says this, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory would extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea. That's the modern Mediterranean Sea, obviously. To the sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was, was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. So there's this promised land that does that God has said was going to come to the Israelites. As I mentioned earlier, they went right back to, I haven't got time to look at all the history, but went right back to Abraham, or Abram as he was at the time when God called him out of the land that he was in, the land of, land of Ur, wasn't it? You are, well, Ur, land of Ur that Abraham was in. Abraham was in, and God called him out of that place, and he was kind of didn't really know what, where he was going or where he was going to end up, but it, but it was all leading to this point. This was all, all significant. Amen? So and God had always had this, this promised land for them I love this kind of, just kind of encouragement you know just a kind of encouragement to people to, to the people the Israelite people no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses I will be with you I never leave you nor forsake you you know that's, that's a reality for all of our lives amen so as well as God wants what God wants as a church is a reality for you in your, in your individual life God just wants to encourage you this morning he, that, that no one can stand against you now, even the devil himself, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again, even the devil himself, he has no right to do anything in your life unless you allow him to. 
You know, the Bible says about not letting the devil have a foothold in your life. It's about you know, submit yourself to God, resist, submitting yourself to God is important as well. But submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's incredibly important. Amen? The devil has no right to do anything in your life unless, unless you allow him to. Amen? So no one will be able to stand against us. Also, this promise is for us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? But God will always be with us each step of the way, even whatever is happening in life. And, and maybe some, you're dealing with some difficulties right now in your life. But God has not, God has not abandoned you. If, you, if, you, if in your thinking you're thinking, well, God, why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me? I just want to say to you this morning, that's not truth. You're falling into, you're falling into the trap of, of believing stuff that's not true about God. God will never leave you and he will never forsake you. It would go against his very nature to do that. Amen. So what does this also mean for us as family church waterside? Well, I believe that God has a promised land for us as a church. And this is true for all churches. Okay? That God has a promised land for us and, and a destiny for us as a church. And I believe we're, we're on the cusp of, and I really do believe this. Okay? Just saying this, I really believe this. this is what we're seeing in our spirit. That God has a promised land for us as, as a church. There may be different ways that outworks. But we're just coming to real time of time, just growth and blessing and all that God desires to do. And all that's happened over 12 years, and some of you have been here with us since the very beginning, since 20, 2011. All that God's done up to this point has been, has been amazing. But I believe we're coming to real time of just growth and purpose and, and stepping into the promised land that God has for us. Amen. That excites my spirit. I hope it excites yours too. Okay, so number one, understand the time we're in, or Kairos. Number two, God has a promised land for us. Number three, courage and trust in God are key. Courage and trust in God are absolutely key. Joshua 1, verse 6 to 7, and verse 9, it says this, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong, verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua and the people, the people of Israel, they've just been encouraged over and over again just to be strong in God, to be courageous in God. You know, you know, f- you know fear is one of the greatest uh, weapons of the enemy. It's, it's what fear, it, fear which, and, and which faith counteracts. Fear is like the opposite of faith. Is what faith counteracts. Fear, it holds us back. It stops us from stepping out for God. It stops us from... I don't know, witnessing. It stops us from speaking to others about God. Oh, so often it's just fear, isn't it? And, you know, fear is never from God. We, we should fear God in a holy sense. The Bible does talk about that, yes, in terms of a reverential fear of, of who he is in, in his majesty. But we shouldn't be scared of God. Okay? And we should, never, we should never live in fear. I mean, that's never, ever God's intention for you. You know, maybe in, in your own life right now you're dealing with some anxieties and, and worries and, and stresses or struggling to sleep, and, and these can all be realities. But what I want to say to you this morning, that's not God's plan for your life. Amen? That's not God's purposes for your, for your life. God wants us to be people of faith. And God just wants just you to encourage you this morning to be strong and courageous. Now, the word encourage, it literally it comes from the word courageous, the word courage. It literally means putting courage in. It's what encourage means, put courage in somebody else. So if you encourage somebody, you encourage the person sitting next to you, you're literally putting courage in them. And discouragement is literally removing courage from someone. That's what discouragement means, which means removing courage. Because God wants us to be people who are strong, strong in him, not strong in our own ability. We totally rely on God, but we're strong and courageous in him. Amen? Praise God. And the reason we can be courageous 
And don't need to be afraid, it's, it's because in verse 9 it says, For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We looked just, just looked a second ago about God will never leave us or forsake us. He will always be with you. Amen? You know, when you're witnessing to people, he will, he will give you the words to say. He will give you truth to speak into their lives. There's stuff in the New, New Testament talking about that, just about relying on the Holy Spirit and don't, don't worry about it because the Holy Spirit will give you the words, words to say. Amen? Let's be people of courage. Amen? It's just courageous for God. The greatest to step out into all that God's asking, asking us to do. Amen. And for us as a church, and, and all, that God's, all that we're stepping into, and there's promised land we believe that we're going into, we need to understand the time we're in, understand there's a promised land for us, but the courage and trust in, all this are going to be, trust in God are going to be absolutely key during this time. Just to be courageous in him. Let's take some new ground for him. Amen. That fear, ne- ne- fear never, ever hold us back. Let's, let's counteract fear. Let's be people of faith. People of expectation. I'm not saying we aren't any of these things. Again, I'm just encouraging you this morning. Be people of faith and, and expectation. Amen. Which counteract faith. Uh, counteract fear, sorry. Okay, so number three, courage and trust in God are key. There's another key thing. So number four, obedience is key. Obedience to God is key. If we're going to go into our promised land. Joshua 1 verse 7 to 8 says, Be careful to obey all the law my, my, my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from the right or to the left. You may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. So God was encouraging them uh, to follow scripture. Now, of course, in, in, you, you know your biblical history. You know actually very little of the Bible even written down at that point. Um, Moses wrote down the first five books of the Bible. If you didn't know that. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, which Jews store today called the Torah or the, or the Pentateuch is kind of the Greek word for it, um, is the first five books of the Bible written down by, written down by Moses, and of course Moses in lots of them as well. Um, and that's pretty much all they had then. Was that. So when it's saying about, uh, you know, um, keep this book of the law always on your lips, that's what it's talking about, Genesis to Deuteronomy, that's, that's literally all they had. You know, we're blessed obviously to have all of Scripture, all of the rest of the Old Testament and all of the New Testament and Jesus, you know, not just the Old Testament, Jesus concealed, it's often described Jesus concealed, but the New Testament, Jesus revealed, amen? And praise God, praise God for that. But we can still learn lots of lessons from this, amen? So they're encouraged, they said, understand what Scripture says, because you know, Scripture reveals God's heart, doesn't it? Scripture reveals who God is. This is why it's so, so important to, to, to meditate on Scripture, and obviously we mean the right sense of meditation, not like the Eastern <laughs> odd view um, that there is in some Eastern religions of meditation. Well, it's just, meditation just means but think about Scripture. Just think about it. Let it get down deep into, in, deep in your mind, and, and then, more importantly, get deep into your heart. Let, let it change you. Amen? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? That's what Scripture, that's what scripture does. And it says, as, as we do that, as we get the scripture down deep into our hearts and in our spirits, it says, at least it's a success is what it says, verse 8, then you'll be prosperous and successful. You know, obedience is incredibly powerful in the life of a Christian. As a one in scripture, in the Old Testament, we've got time to look at it all today, but it says, to, to obey is better than sacrifice. Often gets quoted. And, and the context of that is, is Saul, who was the king at the time, who was the king before the great king David, you know, and Saul was, was quite disobedient. And God had told him to do something, and Saul, Saul thought he had a better plan, thought he could do it his own way, so he went and did it his own way, and then made sacrifices, sacrifices to God. And he thought it was all good, because I've made sacrifices to God, so God's going to be pleased. And God wasn't, <laughs> wasn't pleased at all. Because, yes, he'd made sacrifices, as the law said, um, but he'd been disobedient. And this is that's the whole context of to obey is better than sacrifice. God wasn't saying the sacrifices were bad in themselves, but obedience is even more important. Right? 
in obedience, so obedience to God is so, so key in the life of a Christian. And in your own individual lives, I'd encourage you just to submit yourself under God's hand. Is there stuff that God's asking you to do? Is there stuff that God wants to, to break in your life? Maybe there's some habits, some attitudes that God wants to break in your life. I'd encourage you to be obedient to God. Because that's what's going to lead to prosperous, you know, being a prosperity and success in God. Prosperity and success as a Christian. Who wouldn't want to be a successful Christian? I don't know about you. I want to be a successful Christian. Amen. In, in God. And what, what God word as a successful Christian. Amen. In him. But God says here, the, the key to that is obedience. Amen? And, and, and trusting his word and, and obeying his word and allowing him to change us. Amen? You know, like Saul, sometimes we can so often think that we have a better plan. And what I want to say to you, and this is, I've had to learn this in my own life, our plan will never, ever be better than God's. Ever. Right? And I've learned that from hard experience. Our, our plan, our own plan, will never, ever be better than God's plan. Amen? It's for people who are obedient as we cross over into our promised land. And kind of number five is get ready. Get ready to cross into the promised land that God has for us. So verses 10 and 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for, for your own. So I believe that God is telling us to get ready. Get ready for what God wants to do. Get ready in your heart for what he desires to do. Get ready for what he wants to do in your own individual lives. Are you ready for God to move? Are you ready for God to change you? Are you ready to, to step out into all that, he has, all that he has for you? Amen? So we encourage you to, or the, the, um, Joshua ordered the officers of the people and told them to go and tell the people what you need to do. You need to get yourself ready, get your hearts ready, get your provisions ready. Then you better take possession of the land that God has promised and, and given. Amen? You're only thankful that God's promises are yes and amen. Yeah, that God can always be relied upon. And this is what they're being encouraged you to do. Just trust God in this. He's got a promised land for you. But get yourself, get yourself ready. You know, and that may mean a whole lot of things in your own individual life as a Christian. That God wants to, just a time of preparation. God's some stuff that God wants to change into you. Get ready for what God wants to do. You know, and sometimes when God changes us, it's not always, it's not always easy. It sometimes it can break stuff that's been in our lives for, for a long, long time. And it can be not, not always an, an easy journey, but it's a journey that's well worth doing. Now, one of my favorite phrases, just in life, really, is, is, um, is short-term pain for long-term gain. And I think that you can apply it to so many areas of life. Being a parent is a great example of that. So much of, so much of being a parent is short-term pain, but for long-term gain. And if you go through the painful bit, like, like having your child to be disciplined, to go to bed on time, and all those kind of things, get into a good routine, all those kind of things... The long-term gain is brilliant, but the pain will be painful, <laughs> right? It's, it's not easy at all, but the long-term benefits can be, can be great. And that's, and that's true of, of loads of aspects of life, and I believe that, that's, that's true in the life of a Christian. Sometimes you have to allow God to do stuff in you, and it may be painful because it's going gonna, it's gonna to counteract some stuff that's been an issue in your life for years and years and years, and that is painful, and, and that's not easy. But the long-term gain is incredible, Amen. But so often, as, as, as human beings, we just want to avoid pain. That's, that's our, our natural human response, isn't it? It's to avoid anything that's difficult. Anything that challenges us, or oh, we don't want that, that's, that's, that's too hard, that's too difficult. And therefore, we don't get the long-term gain that, that God has promised for us. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's get ready to cross into the promised land. Let this time be a time of preparation for us, as, and for us as a congregation, let's get ready for what God wants to do next. 
Let's get our hearts ready. Let's get our, let's get our faith ready. Let's get our expectation ready. Let's get our praise ready, our, our worship ready for all that God desires to do through this, through this time. Understanding this time that we're in because God's got a promised land for us. Let's get our hearts, our hearts prepared. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for Scripture. Lord, we thank you for all that we can learn from Scripture. Lord, and Lord, from this great book of, in the Bible, the book of Joshua, and all that you did through the Israelites and bringing them out of slavery and into their promised land. Lord, and there's so many lessons we can learn from that. Lord, so I pray, Lord, that we will be a people, Lord, for us as, in our own individual lives and for us as a church, Lord, that we understand the time that we're in. Lord, I pray that we will be attuned to your Holy Spirit. Oh God, we don't want to be, we don't want to be a kind of know-it-all Christians who think we know everything. Lord, we want to be in tune with you. And Lord, and, and anything we do know is because you're revealing it to us. Lord God, we want to be people totally submitted, Lord, to your, to your Holy Spirit, understanding the time that, that we're in. Lord, we thank you that you have a promised land for us. Lord, in our individual lives, you have a promised land for us as a church. Lord God. We thank you for that, for that truth, Lord, and that for reality, Lord, that, that, Lord. And when it's a promised land for us, Lord, your promises are yes and amen. No one will be able to stand against us, Lord. You will never leave us or forsake us. We thank you for those great truths, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, and we know, Lord, how the importance, Lord, of just having courage. Lord, I pray, Lord, we would just be encouraged this morning. Lord, you would just fill us, Lord, Lord, again, with your courage. Not courage in our own ability, not trust in our own ability. Lord, but total courage because of who you are. Lord, that we can do all things through you who strengthens us. Lord, we thank you for that, that reality. Lord, with you, nothing is impossible. You could do immeasurably more than all we can ask or even imagine. Lord, we thank you for the truth of that. And it's not because of our ability, Lord God, but it's just because, it's because of you, Lord God, but we want to have total trust in you. Lord, I pray you encourage us. Lord, I pray we'll be a people that are strong and courageous. Lord, we pray against, Lord, any fear. Lord, fear that it's just, it's just from the pit of hell and holds people, holds people back and stops them stepping out into all that God has for them. Lord, we just break fear in Jesus' name. Or fear of what's going on in people's lives, of, of circumstances and, and anxiety or stress or not being able to sleep. And Lord, we just break that in the mighty name of Jesus. We just stand against any, any fear which is always from the pit of hell. We stand against it in the mighty name of Jesus. And just pray, Lord, we just break it in your name. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray we'll be people who just rise up, people just so full of faith, just so full of you. Lord, just so expectant, Lord, of what you can do. Thank you, Lord. Lord, Lord, we want to be people too that are obedient, as you encourage the Israelites to do. Lord, of people who trust you. Lord, of people who know what your word says. Lord, of people who are submitted to your word and submitted to your Holy Spirit. Lord, where the, where the word of God and the spirit of God transform us. Lord, make us more and more Christ-like. Make us more and more like you. Lord, we don't want to be a, a disobedient people. We want to be an obedient people. Thank you, Lord. Change us. Mold us. Make us new. Lord, create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. Do whatever you desire to do, Lord, in us. Lord, and we want a people too, Lord, who are ready to cross into that promised land. Lord, prepare us. Lord, prepare us, Lord God. Lord, prepare us, Lord, in our worship, in our praise, Lord, in, in, our, in our giving, Lord God, in, in our faith and our expectation. Lord, prepare us for what you're desiring to do next, Lord, through us as a church. Lord, we want to be ready for what you want to do, what we want to do. Lord. We don't, want to, we don't want to be left behind. We don't want to be like the Israelites and some, some died in the desert just because they wouldn't trust you and wouldn't believe you because they weren't ready. Lord God, we want to be people, Lord, that you use. We don't want to be left behind, Lord, and use every single one of us for your purposes and your glory. Prepare our hearts and change us. Thank you, Lord God.
do what you desire to do in us. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Lord, and we see it in our spirit, Lord, the promised land that we're coming into. Lord, I pray this period will be such a time of growth. Lord, growth numerically, Lord God. Not that we're obsessed about numbers, Lord God, but we just want more people to be saved. <laughs> Lord, that's, that's our heart. Lord, it's, it's, it's not your will that any should perish, but that every single person would come to know you, Lord. That's your heart, Lord, for this, for this community. Lord God, and I pray it will be a time of growth in us. Lord, not just growth numerically, Lord. Lord, a growth in us, Lord, that all of us, Lord, will be discipled by you. Lord, we'll grow into, into the people of God that, Lord, you destined us, you born us uh, and destined us to be. Thank you, Jesus. You're such a great God. Lord, we're just excited for what you're going to do and we're expectant in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God is good.